Hi friends and awesome mothers. My name is Adol and I'm a proud mother of four. What I'm realizing over time is that doing it right as a mother is the thing that I care about the most, but also hands me the greatest of challenges. In order to get direction, I put together a habura of mothers that joined to learn through my mother's super popular parenting curriculum. My mother is Mrs. Gitty Horowitz, and she's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore in recent years. I get to sit down with her every week and either reflect on a topic that we discussed in the group or talk over something that's on my mind. I hope you'll find our conversation meaningful, helpful, and encouraging. Enjoy it. This podcast is sponsored by the Intentional Jew Podcast Network. Check them out at intentionaljew.com. So Ima, we are, we're, we're moving along our topic of schools and we already covered different points. We started with what school has to offer, you know, what, what are we looking for altogether in school? And then we moved on to how to choose a school, different elements when there are options, of course. After that, we talked about what to do when there's conflict between not necessarily straight up conflict, but what to do when there's difference between, you know, the home and the school, how to work that out. Um, If that's a problem altogether, and if it is, how to work it through. And we started last week talking about if if there's a time or a situation that school is just too difficult. The, the challenge is too difficult and we have to leave. And we said we're going to talk about that this week. We said we're going to talk about different, different situations, different variables that people might experience, different challenges in different areas, and how to figure out, you know, if we should help, are, are we helping, or is this, is this not a, like a healthy situation and we have to leave? Okay. You want me to jump in there? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So, so let's start with what's the goal of school. Okay. This is good review. Everyone, everyone has to know what their goal is. Actually schools started as educational institutions. That's what they are. There's they're they're institutions to help educate our children. Um, but the reality is, is that as, as Jews, um, there's, there's the actual, you know, the three R's of, of education, reading, writing, and arithmetic, as they say. And of course, also the Judaic studies that we want our children to be mechonach in. And that's, that's why we send them to school. That being said, um, different children, um, will have different needs when they go to school. Some are going for the, more the social aspect they're they're not they they're either not capable of of learning what the school is 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 there to teach they're not necessarily capable but the alternatives are not necessarily good so especially if you live in Chutzlarts and the alternative to sending them to a regular um, Jewish um, school is to send them to a school for for children who have learning issues or um, other other diagnosed, you know, either learning disabilities or social disabilities. So the alternative to a regular Jewish school is often public school or a school that is for specific learning issues. So now another 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 variable enters the the discussion, which is a very very important one, and that is 
what is what is the greatest need that my child has and and what is what is the goal of sending them to school um And for every single child in every situation, this is going to be a little bit of a different conversation. But there will be there will be students that are not making it in a Jewish school. They need um, special services. They need help in different in different areas, whether it be social, emotional, um, or or educational. And the decision might be made to put them in a non-Jewish you know, school. I'm assuming that in Eretz Yisrael, um, there, there are more options for even religious schools that are geared towards, um, you know, social, emotional, um, uh, disabilities or even learning disabilities. I, I don't know. I don't know the system, so I really can't speak to it, but I have heard from certain, some people that have children that, um, are special needs that uh, one of one of the 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 great things about living in Israel is that they they have schooling um, specifically for their children, um, and they don't have to send them to a school where the kids come home singing Christmas carols and etc. Um, and are exposed to all different sorts of 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 kids and putting teenagers in um, co-ed situations, which they do not want them and is not necessarily healthy for them. Mm. Um, So I don't, you know, every situation is different. And then there will be times where parents will say, I'm I'm willing to, um, you know, to, to have less of an education and have them in a, in a, in a Jewish environment, in a, in a safe and healthy environment um, that I, that I, you know, and try to tweak things so that they can be successful throughout their day and feel good about where they are and what they're learning. So you're saying, so you're saying it's, it's going to be different for every, every child's going to, you're going to have a different motive goal in, in what you're looking for in their schooling. Um, But and, and, and each, and, and you're never, since you're never going to have a perfect situation, you're going to decide what to prioritize, you know, right. give a little here in order to have. Right. I, I would, I would say that the younger the child is the greater the need to, um, to intervene and, and, you know, put interventions in place. And if the school that you're sending to the Jewish school that you're sending to really does not have those resources, the younger the child is, the more important it is to get them those resources and those interventions while, you know, during the, the development of the child, as the child gets older, the social is more important. Um, and maybe it's going to be a little bit too late to, to, to do those interventions. I, I usually, again, we're talking generalizations now, every, every case is specific, but, um, uh, generally speaking, the younger they are, the more important it is to get the interventions that they need and give the child the skills and the tools at, at a younger age, and then move them into a, um, a, a Jewish school or a from school, um, as they get older for their social and emotional needs. Well, social needs, emotional is always bad. Right. Social needs. So, okay, could we, could, I think, could we talk specifics, like specific, in specific areas? Okay. I think that's what we, did, did we say that we're going to discuss um, categories of issues that a child might have and then 
um, give ideas of how to, how to help them deal with the challenge. Cause we were talking about last week, um, like life is never going to be smooth sailing. And the best thing we can help out is, is helping the child not to look out and say, everyone's doing terrible things. So my life stinks instead, just how am I going to make the most of my situation? So it's like prime, prime time in school when they come home and things are just not, you know, perfect there. Um, and then it's, it's helping them deal with how to navigate the challenge, whatever it is. So maybe we could talk about specific areas that they would be challenging. Okay. Do you think that would be helpful? Like, let's say, yeah, it could be. First of all, when a child knows that they have a supportive um, home life, everything in school is easier. So they know that they're coming home to a supportive mother, a supportive father, a supportive situation. They, they have an easier time getting through difficulties in school. That, that's first of all. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they're, that a parent is there for them, loving, accepting, nurturing is, is a very big um, piece to this puzzle parents being in contact with the teacher, with the administration, um, knowing what the problem is. Mm-hmm. So whether it's going for testing, which um, is, a, is a whole different um, discussion, well, not, maybe not a whole different discussion, but a, 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 a tangential discussion, um, knowing what the problem is, what is this child dealing with? What is What are his or her difficulties. Why is, why are they not being successful in the classroom? The younger they are, um, you know, in elementary school, sometimes the better it is to, 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 to pinpoint what the issue is so that you can deal with, know what you're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Some learning, learning challenges are, are not going to really surface until they get a little bit older, but to be on top of it and to try and to, um, take a child for an assessment as soon as you see that that there's some sort of of academic issue, um, and uh, maybe uh, some sort of learning difficulty, okay, so that's a, so that, yeah. So sorry that that's a uh, um, that's so that's a great first topic. Major cat, um, area of struggle would be the academic area. You know, there's right. a part of the learning that's just not going through. Why is it not going through? And being instead of you know this is too hard. You know, this class is too hard. I'm sure you have this. <laughs> with, with, um, parents like this, this class is just too hard. My child can't do it. And like wanting their child to, you know, to come home with a good grade so that they feel good. So they have like confidence and all that. And so if they're not doing well, it's because the class is too hard, you know, as opposed to what you're saying in formative years to look into what, what in their development is not, is, 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 is causing them not to be successful. Hopefully by the, by the time we're, we're around to, let's say, high school, okay, beyond the years of skill building of elementary and middle school, then we, we want to put a child in a situation where they can be successful. So we're going to modify whatever is necessary to make things doable for that child so that the child can be successful. So they elementary can be school, successful, not that they will for sure be, meaning that like the, the fact that you have to try to be successful is, is a good thing to learn early on. No, meaning I, I, I might, I, I might be making this up, but I, I have, I remember from my time of being a teacher, like you have, you have parents who don't, who, who aren't pushing effort and they just want the results. And I think that's a mistake already. Okay. So, or you could say they, they, they will tell a teacher, you gave my daughter this in this grade. 
they don't understand is that teachers don't give grades. Students earn grades. And that's a whole, a a little bit of a shift in mindset. And that's, I think what you're saying. Yeah. Parents have to understand that, that a grade is something that's earned by a child. That being said, there's some children that are not capable of achieving a certain level of academic success. And therefore the, um, the, the information has to be modified so that the child in one way or another, depending on the needs of the child. So the child can be successful again, like you're right. saying, just because they can be successful doesn't mean that they will be, they hand in a blank, blank paper, right. or they refuse to answer a question. They're not going to be successful. Right. Um, so then the question becomes, you know, if the material is being presented to them in a way that they can be successful, why are they still not doing it? And that's, right. you know, for every child will be different. Right. We had an interesting situation and they, here they start reading and writing English in third grade. So they started English and she did very poorly on her first English test. And she's the only girl in the class who speaks English. So I was like, huh, how could that be? But then I, 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 I thought about it for a minute. I thought there's nothing wrong with the class. There's just, it's a very, it's a very interesting challenge to be taught reading English when you speak English already, because, well, for a lot of different reasons, I don't have to go into the detail, but the attitude is how do I help my child to learn this style as opposed to saying she knows English, she should be doing well, like this is not relevant. It doesn't matter what should be like, this is what is, this is what is the style and how are we going to figure out how to learn in this way? That's a little funky. Mm-hmm. And not really geared exactly. for someone who actually speaks English. Exactly. What, what you're saying is exactly correct. You have to find what is what is the problem with this situation. Here's a child. These are what her abilities are. This is a teacher. This is how, how she's teaching. This is what the goals are of the class. What is not sinking here? You know, what, what doesn't, what's not working? Um, you know, it could be the child does know it, but they, they have, you know, they have a test anxiety or they, you know, you know, or, or, you know, there there are many different things that that could be the the situation, but you have to look at the whole situation and see what this child needs are. And that's where, you know, when it comes to school, not working for a child, you have, you have to, you know, be a good um, detective and, and like I said, go for testing if necessary um, don't be afraid of your child being labeled. It's we're, we're in a world where um, uh, we, we need to know things work better when we know what we're dealing with. And um, uh, a good school is not going to share any information with anyone. It's between you and the school. And a good school has many students getting help in different areas. And um you know, I always tell parents, you wouldn't tell a child, I'm not getting you glasses because I don't want anyone to know that you have an, a problem with eyesight. You know, you would never do that or tell a child, we don't want anyone to know that your teeth weren't perfect. So we're not going to get you braces. Of course, we take care of, of, of our child's needs, depending on what they are. Um, doesn't make them any less because they need braces or they need glasses or they need a tutor or they need a special ed teacher for certain subjects or to learn certain skills. It's just every child is different and has their own abilities and 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 areas in which they need help. And we're we're as parents have a responsibility. We're putting our children in a school to help them be successful in that school. Um, and hopefully the school works with you to make sure that that they can be successful. Um, 
and doesn't just, you know, another, well, I'm not going to get into that, but a school should not just dumb down the information so that, you know, everyone can get an A and everyone's happy. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a good academic institution where um, educating is real and um, they care about the child's ability, the growth in education. Okay. That's interesting. So um, just, I guess, just bringing it back to the original thing, do you see students that are just not cut out for school, you know, like just not their thing. And then how do you go about that as a school or as a parent? Like it's just, it's just not so, their thing. Like, so every once in a while we'll turn to each other and say things like this kid will do great on the farm. <laughs> they would, they would just do great on the farm. They're very sick with their hands and interacting with animals and either they're very slow or very fast. And they're, they're just, they, they, they would do great on a farm, they do not do great in a classroom situation where they have to sit for eight hours a day and, and listen to someone as if they're speaking Chinese. Um, very, very difficult for them. And a good school will modify and teachers will modify and understand the child. And there's some children that need to get up three and four times during a class and be able to just stand around their desk or pace in the back of the classroom or go to the office and do, um, uh, you know, just do errands. Um, we have to, every, every school has a responsibility when they take a child in to meet those, that child's academic and social emotional needs. And it's, it's, it's not easy. And um, um, when parents don't send their kids to school and, and just like wash their hands of the child, so to speak, and they're done. And my child's in school, now it's the school's responsibility. It makes it very, very difficult on the school. It has to be a, a joint effort and um, parents have to be there. And some kids really do need to come a little bit late to school and leave a little bit early until their maturity kicks in. They can't be there for eight hours a day. So of course that's extreme cases, but there, there are more and more of them. And um, parents have to be aware of, of what the issues are and be willing to, to partner with the school. Mm -hmm. um, so and yeah, so there's some kids that don't really belong in a school setting, but a good school will make accommodations for that child. Right. And as a parent, how do you, how do you go between pushing them to be as successful as they could be and also just accepting them and just being like, you're great. This is not your strength. You know, you have a whole life ahead of you to express your strength, but you, you know, but not to, I, I feel like that could be, I don't have any personal experiences. I can imagine that could be hard to go between pushing them to to do your best. Once you, once you have an understanding of what your child's strengths and weaknesses are, and you're working together with a special educator, there's, there's a pretty good idea. There's a pretty good understanding of what your child can do. And, um, they should be encouraged because they are in that milieu. They are in that, you know, in a school, they should be encouraged to do the best that they can be there for them, but don't overdo it. And, and we have a tendency to push those children that have difficulties to the point where they, they are only doing school. They're in school eight hours a day and then they come home and they have tutoring and tutoring and tutoring and they're pushed to do homework and more homework. And, you know, maybe they're very musical or um, they have other uh, um, strengths that are not being 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 strengthened um you know if a child has certain areas that are um 
that should be strengthened, we have a responsibility to, to help them in those areas as well. And yes, they're in a school, so we, we, it would be a waste of time for them to just float through the day and not do the best they can. So we have to set up a program, an academic program that they can be successful at and feel good about. And we know that success breeds success. So the more they, they see that they can do it, um, we also build a mindset of a, a growth mindset that they feel that they can do it. Very often, once a child feels that they can, they do. Um, so, and, and it goes against very often all the testing. <laughs> so I'm really going back on what I said a little bit, but the truth of the matter is once a child does feel successful and they mature those things together, very often as um, uh, the other assistant principal I work with says, she always says that just with maturity and with growth and with, 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 a, you know, with age, um, children begin to become students, the students that we never, ever thought could, you know, once they want, once the zone is there, they, they do okay, or they do very well. And so we want to keep up with them. We want to make sure we're not doing too much. Um, and, and that's, that's a decision to be made with the social worker in school, with a special educator in school, with the administration, with the parents, with a therapist, if there is one, there has to be a team approach. What is the best daily schedule for this child? And making sure that they're, they're not over, overburdened with academics, but they're getting what they need in order to be successful. And that's, they really need a tailored program for them. And everyone has to get together. That's the, right. that's the academic educational um, uh, format that we have nowadays. And, and we, and it, it, it doesn't really work to fight it for those parents that are willing and able to keep their child home and educate them at home. Sometimes it is the best thing for certain children, um, but not for everyone. And it's not for every parent. It's a, it's a very, very intense thing to do. And for those parents that could do it, call it kavod. I, I think it's a beautiful thing when it works. Um, and children are not just kept home, but are, are, are educated, whether it's through, through doing, uh, through experiencing, through actually teaching one-on-one and all those things together, it's going to be a beautiful thing, but it's not for everyone. So we have to work with the, the framework of a, a, an institution that, that we have. Right. Cool. Okay. Um, can we jump into the next um, area? Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, social challenges. Um, yeah, like you, when your child is, I mean, this can go, the, the, there's so many, so, so much variety in this, but when, when your child is in, in, in just not a good group, not a good class, well, well, you, you, you can tell, you can describe it better. Like you said, there are so many different variables that affect um, the social dynamic in a classroom. Yeah, I mean, I guess the the the, the major question that we're all, that we're starting with with the, in these in these categories is is there a t- like um, there's there's always going to be the challenge the social challenges, you know, how to make friends, how to interact with friends, how to deal with conflict with friends. There's always going to be the challenges, but there's like the normative where I'm here to, like, the child comes home, I don't, I hate him, I hate her, she's so mean, she embarrassed me, this and that, and they have all the their social challenges. And um, and then the question is, I'm going to help you deal with it, or is there, like, 
a line where it's just, this is just not a good group. And we either have to switch classes or switch schools or, I don't know, do something to leave the situation. Okay. Um, so certainly has to do with a child's personality. Um, you have to know your child. You know, some kids are more confident than others. What we want to do is build our, ch our child's self-confidence. We want to be able to have them not be, you know, the big, a uh, big word that's always used now is being bullied. My child's being bullied. Um, I don't know when I was in school, we didn't, there was no such thing. They, they, the kids were being mean to them or, you know, they, they were wimpy. So, so they were being taken advantage of. I'm really? Not, not, they didn't talk bullies. No one talks about no. bullies. Really? When I was a kid, 40 years ago? No. 50 years ago? No. But um, the reality existed of the term. people taking it. was mean. Kids were mean and they were, you know, push you down on the, uh, make fun of you on the playground because there was no teacher around. So it was meanness. It was right. childhood meanness. They did. I don't remember the word bully ever. Right. Um, so what, what we, what we want to do is strengthen our children. Uh, I will put out there that there is a wonderful book called from bullies to buddies, hmm. um, by, um, the name escapes me at the moment, but you could Google it. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's very, very well done. It's a program of how to teach our children resilience and to stand up for themselves and not allow themselves to be, call it bullied. Um, and, and the truth of the matter is we know that once a child stands up for themselves, the bully's going to go find someone else to pick on because it's no fun to pick up a kid that stands up for themselves. So it really gives our children the tools and the words to, to say to, to kids that are being mean to them. Um, it's interesting. I can, I can tell you from an administrator's perspective that almost without fail, um, when um, a, a, a child is accused of being a bully, um, they will always say they're the ones that are being bullied, almost without fail. And the parents will say, what? My kid is the one that's being bullied. Um, so it really has a lot to do with perspective. Um, and, and, and we have to, the, the best way to deal with it is to help our children to be resilient. That does not mean that we can allow this to go on if we know it's going on. But unfortunately, a lot of this stuff happens under the radar. And, and it's not necessarily something that the school picks up on right away. Um, and, um, again, we, we have to, we have to help our children to be resilient and to learn how to respond so that it is, um, he, they're no longer a good target. Very often victims, if we want to call them that have like a red target painted on their back, pick on me, I'm a good target. So we want to make sure that our children are not wearing red targets, that they're not going to be bullied and that they, like you were saying, they know how to make friends. They know how to interact with people. Most of that comes from modeling from parents. So often also we have kids that are mean, we'll call them mean, obnoxious. And, and very often it's, it's being modeled for them at home. They're being bullied at home by their parents. They're being treated in a way that, that is, mean 
and 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 nasty and and they're they, it's modeled for them and and they're reflecting that in their relationships in school. Yeah, I see um, that all the time. Like when I when I talk not nicely to one of my children, then they use those same words to the next child. I hear it's my horrifying. words, and I'm like, it's horrifying. Uh, uh, it's horrifying. We don't even realize it. Right. Um, I'll tell an embarrassing story, even on a podcast, which I tell to my parents, you know, parents in groups all the time. Um, one of my children's teachers once called and they said, your, your child was so chutzpahdik. I was, um, pointing to something and I asked the child to read it. And when they read, and when they went to read it, they said, well, if you could get your finger off the place, then I would be able to read it. And she said, I, I don't ever remember being spoken to by a child that way. I was a little horrified that my child would say such a thing. And that night, as as things were going crazy in the house and things are flying and everyone needed to go to sleep and someone asked me, one child asked me or something and it was the child who had said that. And I said to them, if you would just get upstairs. And as soon as I said it, I was like, oh my gosh, they learned it from me. You know, like I say that to them and they... They learn from their parents. Children learn what they live. And if they're going to hear parents say, would you just get upstairs? You just get into the car. If you just get, they're going to say to the teacher, just get your finger off the place. You know, is it a horrible thing to say? There are much worse things to say, but it's not nice. Not a nice way to talk. So I don't think I ever said it after that because I was so, I just, as the words came out of my mouth, I was horrified. So we're not necessarily talking about bad parents. We're talking about good parents who are trying their best, who are overwhelmed. And sometimes they bully their children into doing things. And if you bully your children, that's what your children are going to learn. So um, we have to be more aware of how we interact with our kids and what we're actually teaching them. Mm. Yeah, I love that. I see that all the time. I always remember that story because like, (laughs) as the words were coming out of my mouth, I was horrified with myself that that's what I was saying and that 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 child had actually learned from me, (laughs) you know? Um, Anyway. uh, Yeah. So that, that's, that's a really, I, I, I I like that. I like that idea. I like that idea. But um, there's one other thing I just want to say about that. Yeah. Very often a way to deal with difficult kids in a class is to have them over to your house. I know it sounds a little counterintuitive, but if you have that child over and you, you work with both of your, both of them together, first of all, you engender, you give to a child, you love the child. He, he feels loved and he, he doesn't have a, such a need necessarily to pick up your, pick on your kid. It's it, you, you help and develop the relationship, especially younger kids might need help in this area. And if the child's not getting it at home for whatever, for whatever reason, or the relationship in school is not, is not melding the way, you know, because there isn't enough um, adult intervention or there isn't enough guidance. So you, you, you um, uh, give that guidance, you have them together and you work with them. I don't mean you have to sit with them all the time, but you're there. You're aware. You can, right. you can help to to um, um, to to develop that friendship and and help them to to play nicely together and and to uh, appreciate each other. And right. um, that will carry over into school. Right? Could you give up? Could you also give us more help as to what when you say help a child? to build resilience. You're describing a child that has a target sign on them. What, what, what could you do? Like just like more specific advice. Some kids are just naturally more wimpy. It's true. They are. So first of all, um, 
you, you want to, you want to speak to them in a way which tells them that you believe in them, that they can do it. Okay. You, you, you can do it and help them to do it. It's just like the first time a child who's, who doesn't want to take risks, doesn't want to go to the top of the, the, the slide. He doesn't want to climb the way up. So what do you do the first couple of times you go with him? Mm-hmm. You climb up with him. You show him that you could do it. Okay, now this time, Shayfla, I'm, I'm going to go with you to the to the third step. Now I'm going to go to the second step. You can do it. You did it. This right. is great. You you can do it. You can go even higher. Now you can climb even higher, right? You went to the third rung in the monkey bar, you know, in the climbing thing. Now you can go to the fourth. Now you can go to the fifth. Look at you. I'm going to take your picture. Okay, so you, you show them that they can do it um, and give them the words. Role play with them. Sometimes they don't know what, what the words are and, and what they need to sound like. So you, you role play with them. You be the bully or the mean kid and let them answer or let them be the mean kid. And then you, you show them what to say. Um, it takes time, but it really works. Um, that you, you develop a sense of confidence in them and that you really believe in them that they can do it. I, I really believe one of the worst things you can do is make a big deal, call the school and tell the school that they have to intervene right away and they have to take care of it. The message you're sending your child is that you can't take care of it. So I'm going to make sure the school takes care of it. Now, I'm not mm-hmm. talking about a situation where they really, there's really a kid in a class that's really, um, you know, off the chart, scary and is physically harming your child. That's not what I'm talking about. You know, there's someone physically harming your child. I wouldn't even send my kid to school until it was taken care of. It was really physically harming. We're not talking about physically harming. We're talking about child who uses mean words, which I'm not saying is nice, but it, but we can, the, any, a child can learn to respond to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a child who's very, very strong and muscular and a kid who's a weakling physically and really can't fight back. So then you're dealing about something else, but here we're talking about um, emotionally and, and, we can, we, we have a, a better chance of, of helping a child to respond if, if we work with them. Uh, you will have situations where, you know, uh, you have an emotional weakling as well. But I, I think that with most children, you can teach them to, to respond appropriately. Wow. Okay. That's very helpful. Um, okay. So great. I think we can close up here. Um, Maybe just one last one last question. Is there any is there any other challenge that you can think of offhand that we talked about academic and social challenges and how to how to help support a child through the challenges as opposed to just walking off or or getting the school as you said to take care of it. Is there anything else that you would add here that that would be a situation where like, you know, you have to remove the child from a classroom or from a school? Generally, no. You're going to have specific situations where there might be a problem with a teacher specifically for a particular child. That's very, very, very specific. And I um, am not a proponent of removing a child from a classroom um, when there's even a clash with a teacher. I, I prefer to work with a child as long as they're a healthy child to work with the child and help them to, again, even build resilience when it comes to dealing with a teacher that 
perhaps would not be the best match for them, but they can do it and they can learn to deal with adversity. And, and, and unless again, it's, it's a, an extreme case, but if it, it's not necessarily their, their favorite teacher that they can learn to, um, to, to deal with, with second rate or, mm-hmm. you know, difficulties and overcome them and they become stronger for it. So no, offhand, I wouldn't say generally those are the two issues, academic and social. Right. Okay. Well, then we wrapped up this topic. (laughs) Thank you. That's great. Okie doke. So we'll see you next.